in high school, I had a stalker. Here's the story. I'll try to keep it concise, but there's a lot of information for sure. I was 16 and we met on Facebook. He went to a nearby school and we decided to meet up for a movie. We had a great time together and ended up dating. First time he came to my parents house he had on an ankle monitor for house arrest and wouldn't tell anyone why. Red flag number one. And since he was a minor we couldn't find out. My parents obviously didn't allow us to hang out so we hung out at his house or around the town at the YMCA camp. I was rebellious and naive. Things started to get a little weird when I noticed his family was pretty odd. One day, we were having sex in his bedroom and I saw his father looking through the blinds. I screamed and called him out and his dad ran off. A stalker guy told me that his dad was just into redheads and liked to watch us, so it wasn't the first time. I went to leave and his mom was doing crack in the kitchen, so I decided it was time to break up. This is when it got bad. He started crying and told me that he's in cancer treatment and that's why he needs me. He doesn't have long to live. I believed him and told him that we could be friends. This is when the stalking started. He switched schools to my high school, but never went to class. He would just stand outside my classroom looking inside until the passing period. When I would leave class, he wouldn't address me. He would just follow about 10 to 15 feet behind me to my next period, standing outside my classroom again. I was too intimidated to say anything to him. He was a 6'4 heavyset guy, so I just let it happen for weeks. It started to progress to where he would follow me home every day. He would get on the same bus as me, despite living across town, and walk 10 to 15 feet behind me all the way to my house. He would just stand outside, just staring up at the window until around the time my parents got home, and then he would just leave. Finally, I told him to fuck off and leave me alone. I told him that we could no longer be friends or acquaintances and to forget about me. However, that escalated things way further. I started getting about 150 calls a night. Half of them were him screaming death threats at me and in detail torture methods that he wanted to do to me. And the other half were him just singing songs that he wrote on his guitar. Every time I blocked his number, he would magically seem to get a new one and just leave more messages on that. I woke up one time to see that overnight he had left me one of those dancing singing snowmen on my porch. He had stabbed it in the head with a knife and the knife was still sticking out. He covered it in his liquid deodorant that I previously mentioned liking the smell of. And I noticed there was a hole where the little song recording device was. When I pressed the hand it was not regular Frosty the Snowman song but it was his voice singing eerie. I'm going to have you forever. I'm never going to let you be. I was done at this point and told my parents, who contacted the school. They suspended him, but he still waited at my bus stop every day and walked to my home with me. One day he ran at me like he was about to tackle me. When I tensed up for the impact, he stopped and hugged me. It wasn't a regular hug. It was like he was trying to crush me. I was 5 foot 1 and about 90 pounds at the time and he ended up cracking one of my ribs. I cried and he started crying too before running off. He left me a voicemail apologizing in a song. 
The one night is a night I'll never forget. And it's the reason why we got a restraining order and my dad got a gun. I woke up one evening for no reason, just was fully awake. I got up to go to the kitchen to get a glass of water and in the reflection on my fridge, I saw movement in the backyard. I couldn't see it well because it was so dark outside and so light inside. So I went to the back sliding glass door to get a better look. When I got closer, I was met with a silhouette of a 6'4 man standing there, just on the other side of the door. Stalker guy was in my backyard, under my room, at 3am. He was just staring at me. I yelled and my parents got up, but he was gone by the time my dad went outside. There's a patio right outside my bedroom window that goes all the way to the ground. So you could have possibly been on top of the patio looking directly into my bedroom window before. We got a restraining order shortly after that and the stalker guy dropped out of school. I haven't seen him since in person, but every six months or so he makes a new Facebook and tries to friend request me. I just block it and report it every time. I used to order a lot of pizza. I love pizza. Well, my local pizza place got a new driver who way overstepped the boundaries of what is acceptable. He tried to force his way into my home to share dinner with me and just general creepy behavior. So I stopped ordering pizza. Well, two months after the pizza incident, I hear scratching on the outside of my home. I figured it's an animal outside. I live outside the city where there's animals usually looking for a place to nest and there was a nice big fresh coat of snow. So I do what I usually do and let my dog out. He's a huge 120 pound shepherd and he just bolts out the door. Again, not unlike him when there's an animal outside, but about 15 to 20 seconds later I hear screaming and swearing, then screaming in pain and terror. I scream for my dog to come back and he's a good boy and then I call the police. When they get there, they do a search outside of the house. They find lots and lots of blood and pry marks at the side of my house. We check my security tapes and sure enough, there's a person who is trying to force the window open. The dog charges him and tears his ass and leg pretty bad until I call him back in and then the guy limps off my property. At the front of my property, the entrance to my driveway, I have a camera that's well hidden. I get the guy going to his car and his plates, and the cops take it and go to a hospital. There's a lot of blood, so this person would definitely need medical attention. There's a guy that fits the description, and he said that he was trying to surprise his girlfriend and fell. I'm a widow and never planned to date again, but they came back to my house and told me this and showed me a picture. Sure enough, it was the pizza guy. They found rope, duct tape, a camera, and a knife in his car. This happened about two years ago in Iowa. I'm a Dutch girl and I was visiting a friend over there. It was obvious I was foreign. I was way taller than most Americans and dressed differently. The most obvious part was that I didn't know my way around and was always using navigation to get places. I was visiting my friend, but she still had to work during the day, so I decided to entertain myself. I was walking to the local Goodwill to go thrift shopping. 
It was about 11 a.m. on a weekday, so there weren't many people in the streets. I was kind of struggling to find the building. My eyes glued to my Google Maps when this dude parks his car right next to where I was standing. This was kind of strange since there was all kinds of spots as the entire street was empty. But I didn't notice as my eyes were glued to Google Maps. Then he got out of his car, greeted me, and asked me how I was doing. Initially, I thought it was kind of strange because I'm from where strangers don't talk to you. Then I remembered I was in the US. I responded that I was doing fine. He asked me if I was local. Once again, initially I thought it was weird but shrugged it off due to cultural differences. I said I wasn't local. He then proceeds to call me exotic. I felt uncomfortable when he made this comment. He started to ask me all kinds of questions about what I was doing in Iowa and my answers were very short. I was getting more uncomfortable by the minute due to the nature of the questions. It was like he was trying to figure out something about me. When he proceeded to ask me if I was alone, alarm bells went off. I made an excuse and told him that my friend was waiting for me inside Goodwill and that I should go see her now. I didn't even wait for a response and just walked inside. I felt super creeped out, so I kind of stayed hovering near the cash register for a few minutes. His car was still parked outside. After about five minutes, he decided to walk inside. Luckily, I was out of his sight and just booked it outside and still wondered what he wanted from me. After reading some posts today, I thought this might fit in here. The story is not as creepy and eerie as some others posted on here. This happened in the summer of 2015. For context, I am a female and then I was in my early 20s and at university. My house contract had ended and in essence, I was homeless but determined to make it all work. I lived in a flat of a friend and slept on their sofa. I was working all kinds of jobs, basically anything that was short term and that could give me some cash so I could buy some food and save some money. I was young and didn't have any work experience prior, so I couldn't really pick out what jobs I would be applying for. I would enter endless applications and hope to get a call for an interview. I applied for a waiting staff in a tea house just by the sea where I assumed that posh local people would go or tourists. So it sounded perfect. The job was quite far from where I was staying, but I couldn't really be picky. When I went to this place where I have never been prior, it was absolutely empty. It looked recently renovated in a way not even finished fully. There were no customers, no staff, no one, just me and a man who was the owner. I didn't really think much of it as I usually get paranoid over nothing. It was quite a small place and it looked expensive. We sat in one of the rooms for the interview. The owner was a young man, probably in his 30s. He started by asking about my experience and what I was studying at university. We ended up sort of chatting about photography as this was what I studied and it has nothing to do with hospitality. However, he moved on to asking me what my favorite food and drink were. I didn't find that weird as this job was in a place which served food and drinks. When I was about to leave, he asked me how I was getting home and offered me a ride back. 
I dished his offer, but not very easily, and began to walk home. As a young female without much experience, at first I naively thought that maybe he was just a nice guy, you know, and that probably the interview went well, and I have secured myself some future income. In the afternoon, I received a text from this person, who interviewed me only a few hours prior. He was asking me to meet him, and tells me the results from the interview. I didn't respond. This was after 5, so why would he message me then, after working hours? He texted me again, that he knows my address. Of course, my address and phone number were on my CV, and that he was coming to pick me up in a half an hour to have dinner with me. I was shitting myself and was hanging out on the balcony now and then to see if he stalked me to my temporary home. I was so glad to be with my friends there who could have done something to save me. I don't know if the guy came. I blocked his number and never replied to him. I was also staying in a block with flats. So thankfully, it was not a house where you can enter and find the person much easier. I feel a bit sad that I was naive and that there was an attempt for me to be abused or to get a job by having dinner with the owner. This makes me sick just thinking about how normalized it is. When I was in high school, the bus stop was about a 15 to 20 minute walk from my parents' apartment. I'd get up early in the morning and had to be at the bus stop by 6.45. In one of the streets, there was this guy who would always be up and at his porch every morning during my walks to the bus. I'm assuming he was probably in his early 30s. Every time he would see me walk by, he would always make comments like, Hey gorgeous. Hi hon. And kind of attempt to walk towards me. I would usually just cut the conversation short with him and power walk my way to my bus stop. After a few such incidents that clearly made me uncomfortable, I switched my route some and decided to take another street so I wouldn't encounter this guy on the way to the bus. One time I was walking and it was kind of dark outside since it was late in the fall. I saw someone was approaching me. As he approached, he glanced at me with a stern look and said, Hello, beautiful, in a disappointed tone, almost like he figured out that I had taken another route and wanted to confront me somehow. I did have a few run-ins with him after this. Being a 16-year-old girl at the time, this really scared me, and I felt very stalked and sort of harassed, and his catcalling me in the street was getting annoying. So when my husband and I were dating, we reached a point where we decided to live together. Got married about 4 months after that. He lived in an apartment about 30 minutes from mine. He had not lived there for 2 months, but I had kept paying for it because of the lease. So he goes to the apartment leasing office, informing them that he was not going to renew the lease and he would be gone soon. A few months after this, his ex calls him and asks him where he's moving to. Mind you. They haven't spoken for months at this point. He saw her call him and answer the phone and was super surprised on what on earth she could possibly want. He told her that it wasn't any of her business where he was going. She proceeds to tell him that she was just checking on him and apparently had gone to the apartment complex, presented herself as a friend and the leasing office employee had told her that he was no longer living at the apartment and was planning to move out. 
I was so mind blown that they shared any information about my partner to his ex. I mean, that's a big violation right there. She also said wishing you well in your future endeavors. I was beyond pissed. My boyfriend told me that he had seen her car near his work a couple times, but didn't see her. She didn't leave him alone after this, but my boyfriend had cut off contact with some of their mutual friends as he didn't want her keeping tabs on him. I'm so glad things didn't escalate. She was clearly controlling and in the back of her mind, it was okay for her to still somehow get a hold of his life. Update. I forgot to include something important. So before my boyfriend moved in with me and was still living at his apartment, he had a strange feeling of being followed. There was even a car near where he used to park. He had no idea who it belonged to. I personally think his ex drove to his place several times while he already moved in with me, didn't see his car, panicked, and went inquiring about him at the complex. That's the only reason she would inquire about him later since there was no sign of him at the residence. This also explains the feeling of being followed and that he was probably right. She then had the nerve to go look for him after they hadn't seen each other or spoken for a while. My house was broken into when I was 13. I grew up in a nice little suburban area. I actually lived on the very end of a large cul-de-sac. My mom worked 95, so she was always home shortly after I got home from school. My dad was medically retired from the military, but he still liked to work. He would do random small general contract jobs, so his work schedule was always random. Anyways, he was working on a house in the neighborhood close to ours. My bus route wouldn't take me directly to my house, so I'd have to walk for a bit. Sometime, I don't know when, but I'm guessing the guy saw me walking home. On a Tuesday, I saw a red SUV parked on the side of the road, about four houses down from mine. I never thought anything about it. Looking back, I remember seeing it several times parked in the general area after that Tuesday. Anyhow, one day I was walking home, and the SUV was there. Didn't think anything of it, pure usual. I got home and went through our side door. I dropped my backpack and went up to the kitchen to grab a snack. My dad called on the house phone, asking if I was home, which, since I answered, I obviously was. He had forgotten his notebook and wanted me to grab it for him, so I hung up and ran up the stairs to get it for him. He was going to meet me in the driveway. I heard the door from the garage open. Thinking it was my dad, I yelled, I'm getting it. I heard footsteps, and I could just tell it wasn't him, so I sprinted downstairs and opened the front door running outside. Luckily, I saw my dad's truck, and he could tell something was wrong. I told him that someone was inside our house. He stopped the truck, gave me his cell phone to call 911, and then he went inside. I'm guessing I scared the guy when I ran, because he ran too. My dad ended up seeing him run and also saw his face, but he couldn't catch him due to his injuries. 
We called the cops and they came and we gave them our statements. Anyhow, to make a long story shorter, they ended up catching him about 20 to 30 minutes later. My dad gave a positive ID. They took him in and ended up towing the SUV. In this bag that he was carrying, he had a gun and zip ties. He had a bunch of other stuff in the SUV. We were pretty sure he was there to take me. I don't know what would have happened if my dad hadn't forgotten his notebook. This incident happened a few years ago when I was in my early 20s. I had moved out of my parents place just a couple months prior into a small one bedroom apartment. I lived there by myself since I was never really a roommate type of person and I didn't have a boyfriend at the time. It was on the first floor of a 150 year old building, beautiful and well maintained but definitely had a few issues like uneven floors and crooked doors. I still loved it though, especially since it had a bay window in the bedroom that overlooked a little park. The apartment was located in, let's call it a not so great part of town. Crime rates were high and there was a lot of drug trafficking and burglaries in an otherwise very safe city. I still never felt truly scared or unsafe when walking home. I always stuck to the very basic rules of how not to get abducted or killed. Like not walking through parks at night and not wearing headphones and all that stuff. One evening in May, I went to my friend's house for dinner, about a mile away from my place. At around 1.30 in the morning, I decided to leave and walk the short distance home. Since I had some wine, I didn't feel comfortable driving my car and left it parked there to pick it up the next morning. The streets were really quiet. It was a cool night on a weekday, so I didn't see a single person for almost an entire walk. Unfortunately, that changed when I was reaching my apartment building. I was still a few yards away when I saw a woman standing in the front door pressing seemingly random buttons on the intercom. There were only five apartments in my building and I knew all of the tenants. She certainly wasn't one of them. She wore a shabby beige jacket and her hair looked like it hadn't been brushed in a while. She seemed a little disoriented and something about her gave me a very uneasy feeling. It might have been the way she moved a little slower than a regular person, or maybe I was just paranoid because it was the middle of the night. I decided to take a little detour around the back, hoping that she would be gone when I came around from the back. When I turned around to my street again, she was still pressing buttons on the intercom of the building next to mine. I crossed the road, thinking that she would probably not notice me if I walked from the other side of it. However, she did notice me when I was a couple yards away from her. She stared at me for a few seconds and then started to slowly walk towards me. At this point, I was seriously freaked out and just ran past her to my building, unlocking the door and pushing it closed as fast as I could. I ran up the stairs to my apartment, went in and immediately locked the door behind me. I started to calm down a little bit and felt silly, thinking that I overreacted about a slightly confused person not doing anyone harm. I went to my bedroom window to see if she was still out there, and when I drew my curtains I almost screamed. She was standing right beneath the window looking up at me with the creepiest and unsettling smile I've ever seen. I panicked and after freezing for a second I went to grab the phone to call the police. When I came back to the window she was gone. I couldn't see where she went because the trees were blocking most of the view of the street. 
A few minutes later, I saw a police car. They were circling the block two or three times, but I don't think they found her. Thankfully to this day, I haven't seen her again, and I have moved to a safer part of town. Her creepy smile still gives me chills when I think about it. I hope we never meet again, lady. When I was a younger boy, in my early teenage years, my mom had a family of white Siberian tigers which stood in the living room facing out the window onto the street. They ranged from small plush ones to a large, real life-like, adult white Siberian tiger. Usually they received comments when people passed because she had arranged them to stand together like a family. It was winter time and some of the houses on my street had already been targeted by people with various belongings being stolen ranging from a couch to a money jar to a personalized angel in someone's house which was made for their daughter who had been stillborn. There were council workers working on the hill corner fixing the pavement. Sometimes if you passed by they would talk to you for a short period just to be friendly since we were young. I was out one night with a friend and we were talking to them about the houses being targeted around the area when one of the workers turned it into a joke and said through laughter, if it were me, I would go to the house, insert my street, they're obviously loaded man. Knowing we stayed on that street, we curiously inquired which house he was talking about. Then he said bluntly in a matter of fact tone, the one where the tigers at the window, could take that easy. It always looks empty. I was obviously young and naive. I didn't fully understand, so I said quite proudly, that's my house. He stopped what he was doing, but stared at us for what could have been a few short minutes. Then he said, there you go. You never know who you're talking to. It's a small world, then started laughing. I forgot all about that until someone tried to break into our house a few weeks before Christmas. We didn't know anyone personally who was involved, but when they were all caught a few weeks later trying another house, people said it was the council workers who did it. They apparently weren't really workers, but were using it as an excuse because no one can remember seeing a van, and they were all in plain clothes, with a vest, without a logo on back. So years back, I was about 10 years old, I'm 19 now. My dad and I lived alone in a studio space in a condo. There was this one time before I went to sleep, I asked my dad what time he would be able to get home. We always slept beside each other and I can't sleep well without him beside me. He said he won't be able to come home that night because of a heavy workload, but will be able to eat lunch with me the day after. So I did my usual routine. I turned on the lights and turned on the TV and went to sleep. This was my way of sleeping alone, since I was a pussy back then. I need loud sounds and bright lights. I woke up at 2 or 3 in the morning and the lights and the TV were off. I was scared shitless, but then I felt my dad beside me, so everything was okay. I hugged him tightly and went back to sleep. The next morning, I woke up without my dad beside me, so I assumed he left for work. So I called him to ask him if he had breakfast and all that. I was on the phone with him and I asked him what time he went to work. He then was puzzled and said he wasn't able to come home and he's still in the office and will go home at lunchtime. Then it hit me, who the hell slept beside me? 
So this happened about two years ago, and it still gives me the chills when I think about it. Before I explain the story, it's important to understand the layout of the second floor of my home. When you walk up the stairs, the first room is a bathroom, and then it's my room, then my parents' room. So usually I wake up once a night to go to the bathroom, and my parents never notice since they sleep like actual babies. Nothing will wake them up other than the sunlight in the morning, a really loud alarm, or a light turned on on the second floor. So anyway, I wake up and go to the bathroom as usual. And to avoid waking them up, I do not turn on the light. The toilet is close to the opposite wall from the door, so you have a clear view of the door when you do your business. So I finish what I needed to do, and then I turn towards the door, and oh god, there he is only visible by the moonlight. I saw a very tall man in a baby mask, kind of like the mask Eleven wears in Stranger Things. I was so in shock that I didn't even scream. I just stared, and he stared back. After what felt like forever, he slowly puts his finger up to his mask and does a shush motion, tilted his head, and raised a knife as a threat. I felt like my heart dropped, and I nodded. Then he took a step towards me and whispered, don't let the bed bugs bite, and then left the bathroom. I heard him slowly walk downstairs, open the front door and shut it. I immediately checked out the bathroom window, which looks down on my street, to make sure he had actually gone outside and was not still inside. I saw him wave at me and then run off. I ran out of the bathroom and into my parents' room to wake them up, told them what happened and they called the police. They found him a couple hours later, completely high, and with a couple of stolen items. He didn't steal anything from our house though. Anyway, every time I go to the bathroom at night now, I close the door, turn on the light, check the shower, and do my business. Okay, this is bad vibes. That last story is claimed to be true, but I don't know if it is or not. You never really know. If you stay to the end, thank you. I really appreciate it. Make sure you hit that like button. But anyway, have a good night. And don't let the bed bugs bite. <laughs> Till next time. Hello, this is Bad Vibes. Today's video is on Missing411. All stories are from the subreddit Missing411. Please hit that like button if you enjoy Missing411 stories. I'll be sure to cover this topic more often. About seven years ago, I went lightweight camping with a friend in a national forest that we were very familiar with. It was night, camp was set, and we were at camp around the campfire. Unexpectedly, it started raining, like Vietnam raining, which was very odd because the whole weekend there was no rain in the forecast at all. Anyway, we decided to pack up and head back to the truck with a roughly hour or so hike. The rain starts getting worse and the fog started to settle. That was alarming to me because we were on the ridge and the fog usually settles in the valleys, at least in my experience. 
so my friend and I are pretty creeped out by it. Now, I know on the trail, there's a very mild split where you can go back to the parking area or do a separate trail that goes a few miles to an equestrian trail. I've been on both several times. Well, we got mixed up in the inclement weather and took the ladder. We hiked for about 30 minutes or so and the rain stopped. It didn't slow or drizzle, just stopped. Hell, even the trail looked like it hardly rained on it. It was still very foggy. Both of us know we were in the right spot and something wasn't right. It was the hair on the back of your neck standing up kind of fucked up. We came down a hill and out of the thick fog somehow before us was a dirt road. It had trees lining it and went on for as far as our flashlights reached. The temperature had to have dropped 20 degrees. It was fucking insane and everything about this area, which I knew did not exist, filled me and my buddy full of dread. I can't explain how absurd and unnatural this place was. The only feeling for me I can specifically nail down is that I did not belong there. So instead of being normal ass white people and investigating and dying, we decided to turn the fuck around and go home. Uneventful walk back, but when we left that area, it was back to rain, mud, and fog. I know for a fact this place where we were doesn't exist, not only from the memory of these trails, but also from Google Maps and investigating. Absolutely nothing like what we saw. So what the fuck was it? Where were we? And how do you explain it? No idea. I have even been back on those trails, albeit in daylight. Never saw that place again. This experience turned me onto the Missing 411, very interesting books, movies, and YouTube videos about bizarre weather phenomenon with a mix of supernatural, eventually leading to a missing persons. It gets even more weird. Last year I started dreaming about the place and being there. I don't know, like a calling to it maybe. I called my buddy, who had moved away at the time, and told him I had to tell him something. He said, Bro. I've been dreaming about that place too. I in no way hinted at what I was going to say. It was terrifying and we decided we have to go back. He has moved back now and we're planning another trip to camp off the trail close to the place and we are going to investigate. I decided to take my dogs for a walk today on one of the trails near my house. I told my husband I was heading out and wouldn't be gone long. Fencer Woods Environmental Education Center was where I ended up. I got there around 11.30 in the morning, then away we went. Absolutely beautiful day. Trails were totally empty. The perfect walk conditions. I had my two female Alaskan Malamutes. This is important later, I promise. We headed down the green trail since it was the shortest and went by some marsh, bogs, and the girls loved to watch the ducks. The walk was uneventful for the first little bit. Just birds chirping, trying to get some birdie love, and the wind in the trees. The usual forest sounds. And then, I heard my name. Weird, but it could be someone with a radio on a different trail. Both the dogs were looking in the direction that we heard it come from. An uneasy feeling starts setting in, but like every other rational person, I chalked it up to be an overactive imagination and continued on. Then I heard my name again, a little louder and a little more insistent, if you will. 
Instead of looking towards where the sound came from, I looked at my dogs, who were both staring in the direction of my name, and I noticed my older female's hackles were slowly rising. Time to go. She's not happy. I decided to turn around and go back the way we came from. We had only been gone maybe 10 minutes down the trail, so it was faster just to turn back. I hear my name again. We walk faster because now the hair on both the dogs are up. One is two years old, and her daughter is eight months. Hackles up on a puppy is definitely a sign that they're scared. Then I notice my dogs aren't pulling me. They're Alaskan Malamutes. They're bred to pull. Anytime we walk, literally anywhere on the leash, they are pulling. These two dogs are directly besides me, one on the left and one on the right. She now has a low constant growl, like she's warning whatever she can't see to fuck right off. On our way back to the exact route we came from, there's a log in the middle of the trail. I could see my shoe print in the mud and my dog's print heading in the direction under the log. This log was not there on the way. It was big enough and awkward enough that we had to go around it, not far off the trail, just a few steps. I tell my dogs let's go. They follow reluctantly. We hustle back onto the trail. Then I hear Echo's name. She looks. Shortly later, I hear Kive. We're now on a light jog, back to the car. The hairs on the back of my neck are standing up, and everything in my body is screaming to run, run faster. I hear my name again, this time angry. The closer we got to the trailhead, the more desperate my name sounds. We're full on running now. When we get to the parking lot, I notice I can hear the wind and the birds again. I hadn't realized that I stopped hearing the birds and the wind. We piled into the car as fast as I could get them in and didn't look back. Am I crazy? Did I upset something? I didn't take anything. I didn't move anything. I didn't touch anything. Anytime I take my dogs on the trail, I'm careful to respect nature and make sure my dogs do too. We even bring our own sticks for them to carry, if they want one. So don't take anything from the parks. Okay, so I'm not a conspiracy theorist or believe in ghosts of such, but this is, I promise, a real story that happened to me in the woods as a 14 year old. So as a kid, my dad and I would walk in the cool locations in the forest with our family. The area we frequented a lot was nicknamed the Blue Lagoon. The area was immensely dense and people used to camp there way back in the 70s. Long story short, we were walking in the forest. My family was in front and I stayed back a little because I was looking for small ponds because it had a weird color. As I turned around, in the distance in the forest was something black, human shaped and was running through the forest. Note the forest entrance only had one road to access and we parked at the end of the road and no cars were around it. I quickly panicked and ran towards my parents. I told them and everyone was spooked out and got back into the car and we just went home. The forest was cut down a couple years later. After watching a couple 411 cases, it made me remember that event. Edit. Okay, so I just spoke on the phone with my dad. He remembers it and said the reason why everyone was spooked because when he was 14, he was in the same spot having a picnic with his Nana. All of a sudden she said get in the car and everyone ran to the car. 
and he said he could see a black figure of a tall man running through the forest and apparently the area had many sightings. Hey y'all, I'm a hiker and enjoy walking and cycling the many trails in the mountains and woods around my hometown in Vancouver, Canada. I usually stick to the same trails, so the areas are always familiar. However, once in a while, I get a gut feeling that the woods are different. It's hard to describe, but something in the woods just feels off. Like they've changed in some weird way from the last time I was there. Almost as if the trees have moved, even though they haven't. It feels pretty eerie and I usually get creeped out. This has happened to me about 10 times in Vancouver, usually in the North Shore Mountains and also in the trails near UBC. I had also had this happen to me in Southern California, hiking the trails near my boyfriend's house outside of San Diego. I'm a pretty skeptical person and don't really believe in supernatural stuff, although I find it interesting. My skeptical explanation is that sometimes I hike at different times of the day, so the shadows from the sun are in different spots than I'm used to, making everything seem off. Not sure why this makes me feel so eerie though. That being said, this feels a lot like what I've seen described on the sub and in the documentaries, so I'm curious what thoughts you might have. I've been hesitant to write this because I'm not sure how well it fits with the other stories. This was in Canada and in a relatively small conservation area near my parents house. It was three years ago. I just finished my college program and moved back home with my parents while I looked for a job in my field. My parents have a Springer Spaniel who I would take on long hikes through the conservation area their house backed onto. The area has lots of trails, most are small and stick to the less dense forest, but I, being familiar with the trails from growing up so close to them, didn't follow the markers and instead just usually head over the little bridge into the deeper woods. Since I rarely run into people past the bridge and my dog is well trained, I let her off the leash. I usually listen to a podcast and alternate from running to walking to get some exercise. I've never felt scared in the woods. There are some coyote sightings, but they're rare, no bears, and definitely no big cats. This day started like any other. I took the dog through the sparse forest and reached the bridge to cross into the deeper forest. I have no idea why, but as soon as I crossed the bridge, I felt a heaviness in the air. I felt nervous, and the forest seemed darker. It was like I was suddenly full of dread. The dog, who normally ran wild, stayed close to me. I had to take my headphones out because I felt too unsafe with them in. We walked our normal route and the unsettling feeling only escalated. Maybe unrelated, but we saw a dead raccoon laying on the trail, a sight I had never seen before in the usually well-kept trail. Something about it just seemed wrong and I'm not sure why. It was covered with maggots and looked like something out of a horror movie. We kept walking until we reached the area of the forest that a field with very tall grass with the trail that we cut through. You can't see a foot into the grass. It is so tall and dense. We were walking until my dog suddenly stopped and started growling, staring into the grass beside us. My dog never growls. She is the sweetest girl ever. Instantly, I was scared and stopped walking. 
I decided to clip the leash back on the dog, just in case I had to run. She kept growling while I stayed silent, frozen, and listening. Suddenly, I heard what sounded like a human walking through the grass towards us. It sounded big, and I could hear distinctly the sound of human footsteps. There was no reason for a person to be standing in the tall grass that deep into the woods. The sound of footsteps broke my frozen state, and I suddenly booked it back the way we came. The dog seemed in agreement and ran with me. I didn't look back until we were over the bridge. When I did, there was nothing chasing us. I didn't go back in for a while. I was too creeped out. When I finally did go back, I couldn't have my headphones in anymore. I don't know what happened that day, but I've never felt that kind of dread in my life. When I was around 10, a girl named Karen, who was the same age as me, asked if I could go with her and her family to Walmart, which was not too far away. I said she would have to ask my dad, which her mom came out and told me to call my dad over so she could ask him. My dad informed me I would be gone for an hour and then would return back home. This isn't what happened. I left with these people, and while I was away, I realized nothing that I went through was normal. I was taken to a farm where other kids my age were there, as I was instructed to bathe in a bucket along with my friend Karen. Her mother left us there for a while as we wandered around to meet more of the children. They took us to an ice cream shop where I asked when I was going to go home. Karen's mother looked at me and told me, never. Around three days later, her mother returned me to my grandmother's house after my family finally threatened to call the cops. I don't understand who and where those children came from on the farm. I never understood why my family took so long to get me back. I don't understand none of it. I still don't. I'm a 24 year old female. This happened to me when I was about 10 or 12, so it's sort of hazy. I truly didn't see anything wrong with what happened at the time, but my mom was very upset and worried when I told her about it. I was with two friends who were sisters, one about 10 and another one around 8. Their house was near the elementary school that we had all attended, so we decided to ride our bikes down there and play on the playground since it was the weekend and the school was empty. We're nearing the school when a minivan drives up with the middle-aged man in the front seat, seemingly alone in the car. The man stops, rolls down his window, and asks us which direction the highway was. We all shrugged and looked at each other weird. My youngest friend and I are closest to the car, while the other friend is a bit ahead of us. I'd been warned about talking to strangers, so I kind of moved my friend and I away from the sidewalk while she gives him vague directions, because what eight-year-old is going to know about where the highway is? I don't remember what happened, but I think he just ended up driving away. Thinking back in this as an adult gives me chills. Why on earth would a grown man pull over to an elementary school to ask three young girls where the highway is? My mom was understandably upset to hear this, but I didn't understand why until I got older. I think he may have been trying to abduct one of us. 
I was 11, almost turning 12, and my family decided to go to America for a holiday where we stayed in Las Vegas for a few days at the Stratosphere Hotel. The hotel is split between hotel rooms and a large casino that we sometimes had to walk through to get to the hotel. One night, my parents had to go do something, so they told me just to wait there. Stupid of them. It had been quite a while and they still hadn't returned. Later, a woman, probably in her late 20s, approached me and asked me if I could accompany her to the elevator because she had a fear of them. As a naive 11-year-old, agree, as I love being a helping hand to other people. However, I wanted to tell my parents where I had gone to so they didn't have to worry about where I went when they came back. I told this lady this and went on a quest to find my parents in the Vegas casino alone, not really sure where they had gone but wanted to find them fast because I didn't want to keep the lady waiting. I couldn't find my parents so I decided to go back and accompany the lady anyway since I had nothing better to do and probably be back before my parents got back. To my dismay when I returned, she had gone. Soon after, my parents had finally came back and they explained that she was most likely going to kidnap me but left because I said I was going to tell my parents. In retrospect, I find it completely stupid to leave an 11 year old alone in a casino for 20 plus minutes. It was a recipe for disaster and god knows what could have happened if this lady had still been there. Not sure if this is creepy to others but certainly is to me. This happened to me when I was roughly 17. My hometown is a fairly small country town in Australia. It was really hot that day. I remember the weather being within the 40 degree celsius heat wave. I had decided to walk to the town center for a classic frozen coke from McDonald's. Being a small town you tend to know everybody and every car that drives along throughout the residential streets. I was only a few blocks away from my house when an old rusted station wagon had pulled up beside me. There was a man sitting in the driver's seat and he looked to be in his mid to late 30s. He rolled down his window. I was still walking past trying not to pay attention and he was staring straight towards me. Hey, sorry to bother you. Can you please give me directions to this road? At that point, I gave the man directions and was a relief thinking nothing bad would happen. I had started walking away when I heard him yell out from the car again, this time telling me I'm pretty and asking to hang out. I told him to fuck off and kept walking but paid attention to the car. I had walked a few more houses down when he reversed his car to my side. You should get in the car, he said with a stern tone that makes me cringe to this day. At this point, I turned around and started walking back towards my house as it was way closer and seemed like a safer option given my family was home. I shouted out to him to go away and leave me alone, but this only made him angrier. His voice got angrier and louder and he shouted at me to get in his car. He then hopped out of his car and started walking towards me laughing. I never knew I could run so fast home. The guy followed me home all the way up to my driveway. The moment I got to my driveway the man turned around and walked away. My dad was driving around trying to find the guy and after what seemed like an hour passing he came home and he said there was no sign of him. I had made a report to the police and after a few weeks the police notified me that they had found him along with various articles of women's clothing in his car and what he had been doing. 
I often wonder what would have happened if I didn't run when I did. I'm thankful it didn't get any worse. Definitely a creepy encounter that I have experienced. During the beginning of freshman year, one of my teachers was having health problems, so we had a sub most days. This happened a few months after she came back. I was sitting on a bench when one of the subs we had came up to me. There was a gym across the street and he looked like he had just came from it. He was wearing workout clothes and holding a large duffel bag. He knew my name and started talking to me about school. Me being young and naive, I thought he was being friendly and didn't realize anything was off. After a while, he sat down on the bench and got really close to me. We had been talking about a book that I was reading for school when he started telling me that he had a signed copy of it in his car and that he would really like to show me it. I know I'm stupid, but at this point, I didn't really think anything was off. He kept on mentioning in his car and that he needed to drop off his bag, but he really liked to continue the conversation and asked if I could walk with him. About 20 minutes into our conversation, I know, should have been a red flag. What teacher talks to a student in public for that long? Well anyway, my dad finally came out freaked out when he saw some random middle-aged man talking to his teenage daughter. When the sub saw my dad, he introduced himself as my teacher, but then left rather hurriedly. Somehow at this point, I still didn't feel off until a week later when I was reading the book we had talked about and something clicked. I started freaking out. He was huge, well over six foot, and could have easily overpowered me to get into his car. We were mostly by ourselves in the car park. Also, he could have had anything in that duffel bag. I think the final thing that confirmed his intentions was when a few weeks later I stayed after school to talk to a teacher and was taking a shortcut through one of the campus buildings. I was the only one in the hallway and looked into the classroom and saw him. We made eye contact and he yelled my name. I started running down the hallway as fast as I could and he started screaming at me to wait and that he needed to talk to me. I didn't stop running until I was a few blocks away from the school. After that he kind of disappeared. I never saw him again. I really wanted to report him but I actually had no idea what his name was. None of my friends did. I feel especially bad about that because what if he's done it to others since then? I guess the silver lining of online school is, as a sub, he's probably out of a job and the lockdown would make it a lot harder for him to do this to others. When I was 8, my cousin, brother and I walked to the store for my mom. The store was about a block away. Dad got what she needed and I stayed to get a coke. When I left, there's this red Ford Ranger that followed me and I didn't think much of it because it was a short walk. Then I realized that no one lived on the same street as my mom. So I turned around and I walk in a circle and he kept following me. So I run home. The next day, we were watching the news and I saw the man and the truck. He was detained for attempting to kidnap kids. A few days ago, I was walking to the Dollar Tree not far from my house and I've done it hundreds of times and I've only had mild creepy encounters with men insisting on giving me a ride. Before now, the worst was this old as hell grungy looking man who stopped and didn't even ask if I needed a ride. Just pulled over and said, you're looking real good. You should take a ride with me in my truck sometime. 
and in a split second, I felt intense disgust and dread. So without even answering, I just bolted. He didn't follow me, thank God. But I took that walk to the Dollar Tree and thought nothing of it. And the next day, they never caught me outside and told me that she saw a man on the highway following me slowly in his car. And he only stopped and left in a hurry once he realized the neighbor was intensely watching. I was only vaguely aware of the car near me because I was preoccupied with getting across the road and I never realized that I might have been in danger. Now I'm terrified. This could have been someone that had been watching me long term and I never suspected it and they might still be waiting for another opening. This is by no means the scariest story ever, but it definitely unnerved me. Last night, I drove to work and a snowstorm started up shortly after I got there. I have an hour and a half commute until I figure out a better housing situation. And I get out of work late, so my parents let me use their hotel points to get a room for the night. When I got to the hotel to check in, there was a man in the lobby, but no one else was around besides the man at the desk. My room was on the first floor and had a sliding glass door that opened out to a courtyard. All the first floors had the access to this courtyard too. I made sure that the door was locked and the shades were closed before I went to sleep. I woke up around 5am and went to open the curtains to see how much snow we got. When I looked outside the courtyard, there were a few footsteps that went across the courtyard right to the outside of my door. They stopped directly in front of the door handle and then went back across the courtyard. My room was the only one that the footsteps led to, and even if someone was taking a stroll, there'd be no reason why someone would end up right outside my door. I didn't hear anything during the night or early in the morning. I got very paranoid about what could have happened because I am a woman who was staying alone. There was only one man in the lobby. I don't recall him seeing me going into my room, so I don't think he would have known which door was mine. I'm glad I made sure that the door is locked and the shades were closed. So technically, this is a creepy encounter that under different circumstances probably could have gone very, very wrong. When I was 19, myself, my boyfriend, and my best friend traveled to see the boyfriend of my friend at his graduation from boot camp. We stayed in a relatively nice hotel but couldn't get in adjoining rooms because we were stupid and booked the hotel when we got to our destination. My friend's room was on the first floor. Mine and my boyfriend's was on the third. One of the nights, we were hanging out in my friend's room and I realized I needed something for my room. I headed out to the elevator and as I was waiting, a very large man, in weight and stature, appeared to also wait for the elevator. He had a grocery bag in each hand. As we stepped into the elevator, and I was pressing the button, he said, Oh, third floor. Me too. Actually, could you open my room for me when we get up there? My hands are full. Literally, as he said it, I was like, Oh Jesus, this is how I die. And in a millisecond, was planning to book it back out of the elevator when we got upstairs. The guy was standing in front of the doors, and I was afraid to try to push past him to get out. 
but by the grace of the gods, my boyfriend came running down the hall and caught up to me as the elevator doors were shutting and popped in, telling me that he wanted to grab something from the room and figured he'd go up with me. I stood behind him the whole ride up, and when we got off the elevator, the man with the bags never mentioned needing help opening his door after that. We stayed in the hotel for a week, and I only saw that guy that one time. Never saw him again. This happened about 12 years ago, when I was 15 or 16. My parents and I took a trip from Pennsylvania to New York City to visit a foreign exchange student named F that we previously hosted. He was back in America working at a restaurant and we wanted to spend the weekend with him, taking him out to some nice places. We got a nice upgraded hotel and had a luxury suite that had a bedroom where my parents would sleep and a big living room where me and F would sleep. The rooms connected but they both had their own entrances to the hallway that faced the little nook. F had to work to midnight the night we got there, so my parents went to bed and I stayed up to wait for him. Shortly after midnight, I hear a knock at the door to my parents' room. I assume F arrived, so I went to open the door for him before he woke up my parents. Didn't check the peephole first. I opened the door to a large man, mid-thirties, holding a gas can. He seemed startled that I opened the door behind him and went, Uh, hi. I was wondering if you can give me some money for gas. I replied, Oh, let me ask my parents. I close the door, go to the other room to wake up my mom, and she yells, Sorry, we can't help you. She definitely has better sense than me, because my dumbass doesn't realize it's the middle of the night and we're on the 10th floor of the hotel. He didn't say anything in response. I checked the peephole and he was already gone. F showed up about 30 minutes later, and we had a great time the rest of the weekend. But I still wonder what this guy's real intentions were. What would have happened if one of my parents opened the door, instead of me opening mine? In my early 20s, I waitressed, bartended, at a hotel restaurant. Construction workers in town for work often stayed at the hotel and would come eat and drink at the restaurants. I meet a really tall, cute guy. Not the creep, but unfortunately, a prick. And whenever he was in town, we would hang out and whatever. He lived two states over, but was in my area a lot. So one time, he was working a job and staying in a town the state over, and I drive to meet him. When I got to his hotel, we went to the hotel bar and had a few drinks with some of the other construction guys that happened to be out there, then went back to the room. Later, we decided to order food from the bar. The prick was in the shower when the bar called, so I went and picked up our food. When I got down, the guys that we were drinking with earlier were still there and pretty sauce by this time. The bartender was busy for a while, so I sat and played the digital slots. One of the construction guys, the creep, comes over and immediately starts hitting on me and trying to touch me and put his arms around me and crap, despite knowing full well I was there with someone else. He kept telling me his room number over and over. I had to directly, loudly tell him to get away from me multiple times. He finally did, only when others started noticing. In my flustered rage, I grabbed my food from the bartender and went back up to the room and told the prick all about it. 
He rolled his eyes and kind of shrugged it off. I was really put off by it all and felt very vulnerable. That's when I realized my phone was gone. Fuck, I left it at the bar on the slot machine. Cricket and I went to the bar to look for it. The guys were gone, but the bartender told me the creep took my phone and assured me that he was going to return it to me. Great. Then I remembered that he had told me his room number. I told the prick this, and of course, he passively accused me of asking for it. I didn't care, and marched to the creep's room. I knocked on the door, and the prick, six foot seven by the way, stayed to the side out of view from the people to see what would happen. The creep way too enthusiastically swung the door open and grabbed my wrist and proceeded to pull me into the room. Thank God for the prick who stepped in behind me and yelled, Hey! to the creep, who was half his size. I'll never forget the look on the creep's face. I yanked my arm away and yelled, Give me my phone! The creep lied and lied and said he didn't have it and that the bartender was lying, blah blah. The prick didn't do anything else at this point, so we just fucking left. I felt defeated and unsafe and annoyed. I just wanted to leave, but I couldn't because I didn't have my fucking phone. I managed to sleep a little that night, but woke up at 4.30 when the prick left to go to work. I stayed in the hotel room till about 7am, just fuming, then decided to do something about it. I gathered my stuff and went and found a maintenance man who was working in the pool area. I contemplated telling him the whole story, decided to just go with a damsel in distress to avoid more drama. I told him I was leaving and realized I locked my phone in my room and gave him the creep's room number. I knew that the creep would already be at his job site. I had the maintenance man call my cell phone from his. Sure enough, you could hear it faintly vibrating through the door. He took this as proof of it being my room and opened the door and let me in. I thanked him and he left. There it was, just sitting on the bathroom counter, my phone. I grabbed it and turned to leave but decided my petty ass wasn't done yet. I took the creep's toothbrush and ran it under the toilet rim and put it back in the same spot. Then I happily left, phone in hand, and stopped seeing the prick for good. I'm still smiling knowing that the creep had to notice that the phone was gone, but probably had no idea how I got it back or that he was brushing his teeth with the toilet. This happened February 14th, Valentine's Day. Me and my two friends decided that we would get a cheap hotel room and we'd take some LSD to kick off the loneliest holiday ever. I've done it before but was not in a good mindset to take it that night, so I settled for a bottle of wine. Anyway, we weren't familiar with the area of the hotel that we had booked the room at, but it was cheap and that's all that mattered to us. It was around 3 in the morning and outside the door we hear someone stumbling around and bumping into the walls. But it was Valentine's Day anyway, so we brushed it off as a drunk couple going to get it on. The stumbling stopped outside of our door and it just got silent. My friends are tripping out at this point and I'm pretty drunk. We hear this woman start sobbing outside our door and I'm assuming that she sat down with her back on our door because we heard her slide down the wall and collapse right on the other side of the door. The woman starts trying to speak to us through the cracks of the door, saying that she lost her dogs and was wondering if we could help her. 
It was 3am and we didn't know shit about the area. So common sense would say, don't respond. So we didn't. The woman proceeds to bang on the door, saying we stole her dogs and that she's gonna come in and fucking murder us sluts. She's scratching and banging on the door for at least 10 minutes straight. And then it just stopped. My friends are starting to have a bad trip because of her. But when she stopped, I tried to reassure them that she was gone and that we could go back to having a good time. To prove it to my friends, I checked through the people to verify that this woman was indeed gone. The bitch was trying to stare right back at me through the other side of the people. I watched her as I stepped back and stood there, as still and solid as a literal concrete statue. She had her eye right up against the people, staring right into my eye. I doubt that she could see me through the people, but I was making dead eye contact with her. The woman proceeds to start screaming and throwing her body against the door, which thankfully woke up our neighbors and they called the front desk. The woman behind the front desk comes and tries to get this woman to leave. She left but was going down the walkway of the hotel, being loud and not leaving the property, still crying out about her lost dogs in the hotel hallway at 3 a.m. The cops get called on this woman and she disappeared but she never left the hotel. Cops were running around the halls trying to find her. The woman at the front desk asked me if I could give a better description or any information to the police. Me being an underage drunk girl, out of my mind, tried to decline, but the cops ended up at my doorway anyway, and I tried my best to act like an innocent, sober girl. They said they never saw her leave and implied she was still inside, so they just told us to keep an eye out for her and call the front desk if anything else happens. The police stayed posted outside the hotel for an extra 30 minutes, then left. Turns out this bitch was just on crack, but still, hearing this woman throw her body onto the door, saying that she would kill us, was traumatizing enough. We left early that morning and never went back. Thanks to this woman for killing my friend's trips and my drunkenness. Hi. My name is Taz. Nice to meet you. Disclaimer, I'm not a native English speaker, so if anything is a little off, it's because Google Translate has failed me. Trigger warning. If you're uncomfortable with mentions of nudity, nothing happens, it's just the nudity thing, then please stop listening. Your mental, emotional, and physical health comes first. I hope you enjoy. Have a great day. Do you know those silly school trips that last a few days? I used to go on as many of those as I could. I loved them. It was always fun to choose your roommates and decide who went on what bed. I would have been around 12 or 13 at the time of the story. Everyone else involved being around the same age. This school trip was meant to be like any other. It was for my English class and it was about a certain author that we were studying. The day started out ordinary. We got off the coach and went to our designated rooms. In the room was a shower, toilet, and four bunk beds. One was closer to the door and the second was parallel to the opposite side of the room. I was on the bottom bunk. My friend Rosa was on the top bunk of mine. My other friends, Ellie and Noel, were on the other bunk. Ellie was on the bottom and Noel was on top. To get to our room, you had to go up two flights of stairs, and there was a little landing area with two more doors. 
one to the left and one straight forward. The one directly in front was ours. It's important to note that some of our friends were in the room to the left. We were allowed to go out in small groups in the village area, as long as we told the teacher. I remember my room and the room right next to us. Went out to grab a few snacks and food, as we would not be having any meals until the next morning. As our room was bigger, we all went there and enjoyed the masterful feast. It must have been around 6 p.m., maybe a little later. Our school was very friendly. Everyone knew pretty much everyone, so we would have to set a time that we could all go talk, socialize, play snooker, watch the Love Island with subtitles, or generally chill out. Our teachers would join in as well. It was so fun. We usually go to our rooms around 10 or 11 p.m. That night, we went up at 10. My roommates and I stayed up for a while, talking and sharing sweets around. The rooms next door didn't have a toilet and they were worried about what they would do. So we decided that instead of being smart and just giving them our room key and taking it back in the morning, that we would keep the door unlocked for them. I'm pretty sure I fell asleep at around midnight after everyone else had fallen asleep. I woke up a short time later, completely half asleep. I'm a light sleeper, so when I heard the door click shut, I immediately woke up. I assumed it was one of the girls next door coming in to use the toilet, but it wasn't. I heard a little grunting, which confused me in my still sleepy brain to no end, but I concluded that it was one of the male teachers who just went to go check up on everyone. It's not that uncommon. What I didn't expect was the dude to come over and sit down on the edge of my bed as if he was getting ready to get in. He sat at the foot of my bed, and I guess he felt it because he stood up and put his hands on the end bars of the ladder on both bunks. I assumed trying to stay standing up. For some reason, I still thought it was a teacher, but I was starting to wake up a little bit more at this point. Starting to take in the situation, I heard him say, this isn't my room. It's a room with girls in it. And I just replied, yes, it is. It wasn't a question and he didn't sound confused or embarrassed. He stated he was in a room full of young girls. He knew where he was. I'm pretty sure he purposely looked for a girl's room. He also didn't speak like a normal human being. Looking back, why on earth was I not freaked out? I have no idea. No, this was only our first night. A lot of crazy things happened on that trip, some of which will haunt me forever. Always lock your doors no matter what. Be smart, be safe, and remember, something happens to you, especially if someone does something to you. It's never your fault, you're not alone. Anyway, I heard a slight shuffling and the door clicked shut again. That's when it clicked for me. There was an unknown man in our room. I talked to him. I bolted up into a sitting position and quietly slipped out of bed, grabbing our room key off the coat rack. Then I saw legs. I would have screamed if I wasn't so stunned, scared, and tired. I stumbled back into bed. That's when Rosa woke up. She was incredibly tired. I got up off my bed so she could see and just pointed at the legs. When she saw them, she went wide-eyed and looked like she was going to join me in panicking. We started whispering, trying to figure out what to do. Then Noelle woke up asking us to be quiet and that she was trying to sleep. So Rosa broke the news that we probably wouldn't be sleeping properly all night. 
Noah didn't believe us at first, so I tiptoed over to her and showed her the legs. Then it both hit us. He was naked. There was a nude, unconscious for all we knew, man in our room, just in front of the door, blocking the only way out. So far it wasn't looking too great. I went over to Ellie and shook her awake. She scared us half to death about how loud she sounded. We were terrified that this man who had came into her room with bad intentions was either pretending to be unconscious so that we would go near him, or he had somehow managed to knock himself out. But if we went near him, he might awaken. I got Ellie to calm down, and Rosa once again explained as I started to break down. The other girls close behind me in distress. We got our phones and started calling every friend that was on the trip with us, desperately hoping that they were awake so they could come and save us. But sometimes, you have to be your own hero. We were trying to stay calm and figure out a plan when Noelle was able to reach her dad on the phone. He gave us some advice about how to handle the situation, but ultimately told us to get out and find someone to help us. Remember, the man was in the entryway, blocking the door with his head. It felt like it was a trap, but we decided to just do it. If anything went wrong, we would hit him on the head with the door. Simple. Noel went first, followed by Ellie, and then me and Rosa. The door was only open a crack, so we had to move quickly and quietly, trying to fit through the crack as best as we could. Otherwise, we would run into the risk of hitting the man and waking him up. I'm fairly certain that Rosa hit him on the head, just to spite him. I wish I had the confidence to do that. Went through both doors and out into the open space. At the left end of the area was one of the male teacher's rooms. I remember frantically knocking on his door, still being careful not to wake up the man or anyone else. But no teacher ever answered, so we just kind of stood there in the middle of the open area, freaking out, crying ourselves a river. Looking back, I feel kind of stupid, but I can't change the past. Then, all of the teachers on the trip came out the corridor, talking quietly. Obviously, seeing us sobbing, seeing me and Noel collapse on the floor in a breakdown was not what they expected to see that night. Apparently, the man had been walking around most of the rooms, trying the door handles, knocking on the doors, just trying to get in. The male teacher had caught him and taken him downstairs. At that point, he had a bedrobe on. The teachers had gone to one of the rooms to figure out what they should do. Since we were underage and part of the school, we had to call the police. We had to stay up and wait for the police to arrive. We had to go to a separate area where the female teachers' rooms were and calm down over there. Can I just say that the woman that told us to be quiet because she and her husband wanted to spend some quality time together and we were disturbing their peace. Screw you. We were traumatized 12-year-olds. When the police arrived, they took the man downstairs, and we were asked some questions, and we asked questions in return. The police told us that the man didn't appear to be drunk or on drugs, and he had no reason to be there. They had no idea what his intentions were and what he was doing that night. He was kicked out of the hotel and was never allowed back there, but nevertheless, it was quite creepy, and I wish to never see him again.
I haven't thought about this in years. I don't know what made me remember this repressed memory of mine, but here we go. As a 15-year-old girl who wasn't the shiniest coin in the jar, I very much craved attention from guys. I didn't date at all until I went to college. No guys at my school really showed interest in me. The ones I thought might never made a move either. So I found the Whisper app. On the Whisper app, you can post anonymously. Things like your thoughts, feelings, where basically everyone could see, as well as people only a few miles away. In fact, there is a separate tab for whispers from your area. You can heart people's posts, reply to them, or direct chat with the person. You choose what info about yourself is available to be seen when someone decides to direct message you, such as age and gender. I chose not to make that information public. I don't remember what I posted, but someone DM'd me. Their info didn't say much either, besides their gender. I was obviously very naive and assumed that it was a guy my age who wanted to talk to me because the words that he chose and how his messages were written made him seem younger. He asked some questions about me, like how old I was, my interests, what I did for work, etc. I answered those questions. He also asked to see a picture of me. I sent him a picture. He told me how beautiful I was and how I was out of his league. He would dodge questions about himself. He would say that he was boring and that he just wanted to talk about me. I eventually managed to get him to send a picture of himself. You guessed it, mid 40s man. I was surprised he sent an honest picture of himself, but at this point, I was very understandably freaked out. He then started asking to take me out to dinner. I stopped talking to him at this point, but he kept trying and saying stuff like, I'll take you somewhere really nice. I'll throw in a massage. I figured out how you can block people, so that's what I did. I didn't really think much of it after that. I basically forgot about the conversation after I fell asleep that night. A couple weeks later, I was at work and it was slammed. The checkout line was starting to wrap around the small store I worked at. There was only one line, but two checkout registers at the counter. I just finished checking out a large order and I kind of just looked up to see how bad the line was and if it seemed like it was going to calm down soon. That's when I made eye contact with a familiar face. I couldn't quite place it at first. Then the man smiled and slightly mouthed, Hi. The image he sent in the chat immediately flashed into my mind and I felt my stomach drop and my heart raise. I was fucking terrified and really really didn't want to check this guy out. I made sure to check out people way slower than I normally do. My coworker checked him out, but I could feel him staring at me. He even tried to wave goodbye to me as he left, and I refused to even slightly turn my head in his direction. As soon as it calmed down in the store, I went to the bathroom and had a huge panic attack where I nearly threw up. When my mom came to pick me up from work, I very closely watched the side mirror to make sure we weren't being followed by anyone. After that day, I stopped answering DMs if it wasn't someone who wanted to have an actual conversation about something I posted. Long story short, monitor your children's online activity. They may hate you at the time for it, but trust me, they need supervision. I made this friend on Reddit, Carl. I suppose it's risky posting this because Carl could still be on here, but I actually don't care. This doesn't count anyways. 
I met Carl because we frequented the same subreddits and always bumped into each other in threads. I used to be an active redditor, now I'm just a lurker. Carl Private messaged me one night when he was drunk saying that he needed a friend because he had no one else to talk to, that he needed someone to vent to about shit in his life. I obliged and we became friends and we became pen pals. We'd just email each other every day or message on Discord. We talked about all kinds of stuff. We vented a lot about our lives and personal situations. As far as I knew, Carl was a couple years older than me, originally from Russia, but living in Colorado. He had a child and a girlfriend. He posted pictures of himself on various subreddits and also on the genealogy subreddit with his DNA results. This is important later. Carl started getting mad if I didn't reply quickly enough and acting weird. Other than that, things were fine. He loves drama, loves talking shit about people, so we would do that a lot. I also noticed that he was extremely paranoid about many things, but I didn't really take it too seriously. I made a subreddit based off a 2007 live journal where we would basically shitpost and we would post stories every day. This other person joined us, John who apparently was already online friends with Carl. They claimed that they went to the same high school and randomly found each other on Reddit. It had been about a year of a friendship at this point. I noticed that some of Carl's stories weren't adding up and neither were John's. Something seemed a little off, but I didn't know what. We continued being friends and I got close to Carl and John. However, I lied a little bit to them. I didn't give them a real name I said I lived in Wyoming, even though I don't. I looked up information about the city that I claimed to live in. Other than that, everything I told them was true. I was just concerned about privacy. For some reason, I didn't want them to know exact names and details. Carl was creepy sometimes because he would look at remove Reddit or other websites to see the shit I posted, then deleted, and then ask me why I deleted it. I got increasingly suspicious. I sent a link to a Facebook meme to Carl and John. However, you could only see the meme if you were joined to the private group. John ended up joining the group and I found his real Facebook. I found out that John lived in New Hampshire, not Colorado. I messaged him and asked him if he really went to school with Carl. He claimed he did. I asked him not to tell Carl, but apparently he did tell him that I asked him this. I forgot exactly what went down, but I sent a picture of an art piece I did to Carl. In the background was my cat with her tag visible. Carl blew up the photo and zoomed in, saw my mother's phone number on the tag, used an app to find her, then found her Facebook, then found me. This is part of the reason why I deleted Facebook. Carl then confronted me saying he knows I don't live in Wyoming. He knows my name and my address. He asked me why I lied and tried to guilt trip me for lying to him. He said that tracking me down was revenge for trying to track down John, but later claimed the revenge thing was a joke. I was so creeped out, but I continued to be friends with him. I tried asking if he wanted to Skype or talk on the phone, since it had been so long and we never tried that. He made an excuse to why he couldn't do that. One night, he eventually broke down and said, I have something to tell you. It took days of prying for him to actually tell me. He finally told me that his name was not Carl. He's not from Colorado. 
He has a kid, but she's older than three, like he said before. That the pictures were not him, and most details about his life were fake. Most importantly, that he's not even Russian, so the DNA test posts were fabricated. I'm not sure whose they were in that case. And John, he didn't go to Carl's school. He and Carl met on Reddit, and they never knew each other in real life. For whatever reason, John lied for Carl to me. John also helped Carl blow up my photo in order to track me down. John's real name was John, and that was indeed the real Facebook I found. But Carl would not budge. He would not admit who he really was. Carl started joking that he knew everything about me, and I knew nothing about him, and that he was going to message my girlfriend or mother and tell them some lies about me. Amateur jokes, not serious blackmail. I eventually ghosted him, and as far as I know, he never messaged any of my family members or my girlfriend. He never shipped anything to my house. We just never spoke again. Creepy encounter, because I think it was creepy as fuck that some stranger out there knows all about me, and I know nothing about them. I'll never know who Carl really was. His original Reddit account has been inactive for over a year. Hi everyone. I've been online dating for a while. I've had some interesting experiences, but none quite like this before. I wanted to share with everyone what happened on this crazy date. About two weeks ago, I matched with this girl on Tinder. She was really cool and fun to talk to at first, and we hit it off pretty well. She was funny and had an interesting sense of humor. She was attractive. Nothing stuck out as weird or odd about her appearance, really. She had a lot of tattoos, which I liked a lot. There were certain comments that she would make at times that just seemed pretty dark and morbid. Another thing I found weird was that she insisted on driving. I figured it was because she had a nice car and wanted to show it off. Nope. When she came to get me, she pulled up in a pretty beat up dark brown van. When I got in, I noticed an awful smell. It was messy with trash and dirty clothes everywhere. I didn't want to say anything about it and I just made casual conversation. We went out to eat which was normal for the most part. After we left she said that she wanted to drive me to a spot she likes to go to. She said it was secluded and deep in the woods. So I figured she just wanted to make out or something like that. When we got there she got out of the van and ran off sprinting. I was confused and in shock at this point. I looked around for her for a second but it was pretty dark so I just decided to go back in the van and lock the doors. A few minutes later I heard beating on the window. It was loud and pretty scary. It did appear to be her, so I opened the door and let her in. She was completely naked at this point. I gave her a confused look and she said that she just ran off to freak me out. She kept laughing and then started kissing me. I went along with it even though I was a little freaked out. I don't want to share graphic details, but she requested doing some really weird and odd things that I didn't feel comfortable doing. She was rough and violent when we were messing around. I finally tell her to stop and tell her that I wasn't comfortable anymore. She told me to get out of the van. I asked if she could drive me back home, but she insisted and shoved me out and left me there while driving off. I still had my phone, so I decided to call the police. I let them know where I was and that I felt unsafe. They shortly arrived and I told them what happened. While we were talking, she came back in her van. They talked to her and said they were going to take her in. 
The next day, I got a long message berating me over calling the cops on her. She said what I did was uncalled for and childish. I haven't spoke to her since. 